America is a problem. It's not something you'd expect from the leader of the free world, or any first world nation, as a matter of fact. Still, this issue has plagued America in the last calendar year, and from the looks of things, it's only getting worse. Welcome back to Critical Thoughts. Today, we're going to be looking at political violence in America. Despite being a first world country with the right to free expression, America has had multiple instances of violence that have threatened our communities, but what's really shocking is how the violence has actually transcended class, threatening those who make our laws as well as the common citizen. What people don't realize is that without some strokes of luck, there could have been even more crises added to an already chaotic 2020. Before this episode starts, we at Think Critical have a challenge for you all. We're sick of political violence and polarization, and we think that these issues have plagued our nation. Thus, we're going to post a written pledge denouncing these evils on our official Twitter account, ThinkCriticalPC. I'm also going to be incessantly retweeting this out on my account, GregThinkCrit. Let's try and make a real difference here and start something on the internet that's actually productive for once. With that being said, in this episode, I'm going to delve a little bit into the history of political violence in America, instances of political violence in public, and the polarization and enabling that have allowed this violence to occur. There's always been disagreement in polarization in America. For the first 100 years of our country's existence, the issue that was the most polarizing was slavery. For decades, abolitionists called for strategic political violence targeting slave owners and the slave trade itself. One could say that this violence was even morally justified as it protected the rights of those that were enslaved from those who were violating them. When comparing this type of violence to today, we will see a dichotomy in terms of this variable. Thus, it is not fair to select parallels from the abolitionist movement to a movement such as the Black Lives Matter movement. After emancipation, there was the infamous white supremacist terrorism perpetrated by organizations like the KKK in the South. These white supremacists attacked influential African Americans and seek to suppress black voices by acting as shock troops for racist lawmakers. Because of this terrorism, it was possible to enforce racist legislation that prevented black people from voting and using the same public services as their white counterparts. It's important to see how damaging this was. Because of the political violence that enforced Jim Crow, African Americans failed to develop hereditary wealth and gained no legacy when it came to education, leading to lacking employment opportunities and the cycle of poverty and incarceration. Of course, later policies like the war on drugs didn't help, but many of the socioeconomic factors that hurt African Americans today can be attributed to Jim Crow and thus political violence. In short, violence can affect policy, quite often in fact. Unfortunately, like any other factor motivated by emotion and not critical thinking, violence leads to bad and immoral policy. Since violence is derived from anger and fear, this bad policy can often lead to scapegoating and persecution, such as in the examples above. Now, let's bill and head our way back to the present day and talk about other instances of political violence. Obviously, it wouldn't be an episode about political violence without discussing the Black Lives Matter protests that tore about the nation over this past year. It's important to understand that most protests were peaceful demonstrations that powerfully demonstrated the wishes of the American people. 
I believe that solidarity and show of unity did more for the cause of racial equality than any riot could do. But let's examine these riots. Across major cities, angry protesters and other instigators looking to cause chaos destroyed private property and attacked police officers and white people, causing untold property damage. What was the relevance of this private property? Well, nothing. Unlike violence in the abolitionist movement, this violence was not calculated, nor did it protect the rights of others. In fact, the rioting destroyed black communities by attacking businesses that African American people shopped at, or businesses that were owned by the African community members. Many business owners were forced to return to their stores in horror as their life's work was destroyed in the name of racial equality. Not only is this a violation of private property rights, it also did a disservice to the Black Lives Matter movement because it allowed opponents to generalize all activists and protesters as terrorists and thugs, and by resulting in ineffective policy. That's right, the riots did have a great effect on policy, but not in a good way. Shock from the riots caused knee-jerk reactions in major cities, such as Minneapolis, where the riots started. Soon, numerous police departments were being defunded. In the following months, crime went up, and city council members realized what a bad decision they had made. Loud rioters and firebrands also replaced more logical individuals in policy discourse, which decreased the level of empathy and intellectual respect, two concepts that are important when coming to a consensus about a polarizing issue. Violence is also incredibly destabilizing. Some people might reframe this as attacking the establishment, but it's hard to get stuff done when shit hits the fan, said Cicero, probably. Imagine what would have happened if the kidnapping plot against Governor Whitmer in October succeeded. That would have caused panic and fear and who knows what else. It's not good to live in a political climate where fear is the driving factor. Unless you're a terrorist, of course, but don't be a terrorist. That brings us to the violence at the Capitol a couple days ago. Once again, it was a protest built on fear and anger that turned violent. Of course, it's important to establish that there still is no legal basis to overturn the election, but the rioters were fueled by misinformation from the president and his cronies. The rioters wouldn't be doing the cause of legally overturning the election any favors by attacking the Capitol, so one can only categorize this as a spontaneous insurrection or even an act of terrorism. That makes the fact that Trump did nothing until hours after the news broke even more egregious. Besides the fact that he failed to protect his government constituents, even members of his own party, it also means that Trump saw the terrorism and had the wherewithal to decide that he would be better off with the riots happening. This makes him morally liable and an enabler, even if you don't think that he was the one that caused the violence. In fact, if you at any point defended any one of these instances of political violence, you too are being an enabler. Maybe not to the extent that Trump is, but using that analogy, you've got a little bit of Trump inside that brain. Speaking of Trump, political violence plays right into the hands of the more nefarious ideologies in existence, such as right-wing and left-wing populism. As I discussed in an earlier episode, and a bit in this episode, Populism causes bad policy and even further polarization, leading to a vicious cycle of populism and violence. While this hasn't happened to a great extent in American history, one only has to look at the history of countries like Germany and Italy to see populism taking a country down a dark path.
a path of violence and hatred. America is a choice to make. Under this new administration, we can try and understand one another and heal our political divide. Or we can continue to make things worse through intolerance and hatred. Thank you for listening to this episode of Critical Thoughts. Don't forget to join our pledge on Twitter and follow us on your favorite streaming platforms. We always appreciate the support. Peace.